Our gospel lesson this morning is from the 10th chapter of John, verses 1 through 10. John writes, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. So Jesus is talking to his disciples here in this passage from John. And he says, let me set this in front of you just as clearly and plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know that person is up to no good. A sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate and the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he gets them all out of the pen, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. See, sheep won't follow a stranger's voice, but they'll scatter once they get out of the pen because they're not used to the sound of it. So Jesus tells this simple story to his disciples and they really don't have any idea what he's trying to tell them. So he tries again and he says, I'm going to be really explicit now. I am the gate for the sheep. All those others that came before me were up to no good. They were sheep stealers. Every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to them because I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. They'll go freely in and freely out and they'll find pasture. See, a thief is only there to steal and to kill and destroy, but I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life 
than they could even dream of. There's a lot that we could talk about in this passage from John, but I think I want to focus on this concept of life abundant. See, Jesus says He came so that we might have life, and, and not just life, not just an existence on this earth, but abundant life. Now, have you ever stopped to wonder what abundant life looks like? Or maybe more personally, have you ever wondered if your own life is abundant? What makes a life an abundant life? I think the best way I could illustrate this is I, I had a conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago with a pastor friend of mine who used to be a missionary. I guess we're all missionaries in the sense, but his focus was on Africa back in the mid-80s. And he was a missionary to Ethiopia. And he was with a team in Ethiopia and they were working in a village in, a, in an area that was particularly struggling with hunger and sickness and drought. Abundance was not something that the people of this village were experiencing by almost any standard you might measure it with. And in this particular village, there was a young woman who was the mother of three small children. Now, apparently the father had died the year before from some illness. And the woman had been scratching out a meager existence for herself and for her family for some time. And some days she would go without food herself so that her children could eat. And some days she could only feed one of them. So each day if food was short, the children would take turns eating. Today is your day, tomorrow is your day, and the following day is yours. And she had this small blue bucket in which she would collect dried beans and rice and, and meal, whatever arrived somewhat unreliably every other week or so from relief workers or from the government. And despite the, the hardship and circumstances of her life, she would attend the worship time held by the mission team every day. Now, I'm not talking about a mission trip here. I'm talking about years in the field. So there's a relationship built and there's this area of focus for this mission team was on this particular area. And so they had set up a makeshift kind of church that they improved daily as they could as resources became available. And they would bring things in like a small piano after a time. And so this woman would bring her children and they would dance during music time and, and they would sit and listen to Bible stories. And week after week, this woman and her children were faithful to attend the little church that they had set up in the village. 
And one day this missionary friend of mine visited the young family in their tiny little dirt floor dwelling. And while you might think that in a small village that would be a normal thing to do, you have to realize that trust takes a while to build and for someone to allow you into their humble home takes a relationship of trust. And so after a time, this missionary had developed this relationship of trust with this woman and her children. And so she invited him into her little dwelling and the missionary asked her, do you have enough food? And she smiled and she held up her small blue bucket. And on this particular day, it was half full of this mixture of dried beans and rice. And the woman says, yes, we have an abundance. God has provided today so that my whole family can eat together. We have an abundance today, she said. See, abundance is a matter of perspective. I almost can't get through that story. It just tugs at my heart so. Because, well, not really because of of the unbelievable poverty in this woman's life. That's hard to take, isn't it? And it's not because of the scarcity scarcity and and the lack that they experience every day of their lives. And it's not even because the thought of a hungry child just breaks my heart anyway. Which it does. And it's not even the thought of one hungry child watching another hungry child eat knowing that today's just not my day. If you can imagine. No, what really tugs at my heart, what really starts the tear ducts going in my head is the fact that even in the midst of all that, this woman's sincere faith let her see abundance of God's provision in a world of nothing but desert and barrenness and drought. We have an abundance today. God has provided today so that my whole family can eat together. See, I think about her circumstances and then I I look at my own. And I think I should be on my knees thanking God every day that I live in a land where Times of scarcity are like great wealth and plenty compared to her circumstances. Abundance is a matter of perspective. Abundance is a matter of attitude. Abundance isn't determined by quantity. It's not the amount of the food in the bucket. Abundance is determined by relationship with Christ. 
I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, Jesus says. The life abundant comes from Jesus. The life abundant is lived through him because of him. And when we believe on him, we will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. As it says in John. Pasture. Pasture. That's a place of abundance and safety and security. That's the place in Psalm 23 where Jesus, the shepherd, makes us lie down in green pastures beside still waters where we shall not want. That's the place where He restores our souls and leads us in the path of righteousness for His name's sake, if you recall Psalm 23. Green pastures, abundance. Where do we go to find abundance? What what must we do to realize green pastures? See, the early church in Acts 2.42 through 47 knew this formula for abundant life. They knew the formula for abundant life. And the formula had four parts. If you're taking notes, the four parts are this. One, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They got into the scripture. They listened to their teachers. They learned all they could about Jesus and his teaching and about God the Father and the Holy Spirit who was now at this point dwelling in them. If we want an abundant life, step one is get into the Scriptures. Devote yourself to the teachings. The second thing is they devoted themselves to fellowship. They spent time in relationship in their community of believers. They shared meals. They did things together. They shared each other's burdens and they shared each other's successes. Thirdly, they devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread. They understood the importance of regular communion with one another and at the Lord's table. They practiced holy communion every opportunity. Breaking the bread, drinking the wine in remembrance of Jesus Christ and His work on the cross and in the grave and for His resurrection, which gives us abundant life. And then the fourth and final thing, they devoted themselves to the prayers. In other words, they worshiped and praised and prayed together regularly. Lifting one another up. Keeping one another accountable so that all could remain spiritually fed and spiritually healthy. 
devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. The formula for abundant life. The early Christians found the formula for abundant life was that life abundant is only life abundant with Jesus woven into it as part of the very fabric of life. Without Jesus, there is no abundance. Doesn't matter what's in the bucket. And when they did that, Luke tells us in Acts that all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. Can that happen today? You bet it can. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Life abundant is not about quantity. It's about quality. It's about relationship. Life abundant is green pastures and still waters. Life abundant is a small blue bucket half filled with dried beans and rice if you have Jesus in your heart. If Jesus is your shepherd. It's not what's in your bucket. It's what's in here. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.